You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can subscribe to Locked On Rays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, and online at fanstreamsports.com. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And you can also uh, uh, email us, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join Ulysses and I this Sunday in the top of the third inning of the Astros Rays game to join us for a conversation. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Okay, the Tampa Bay Rays lost yesterday's day game, 3-2, to two, splitting the four-game series with the Oakland Athletics despite the loss. And I know there's some negatives to go through during the game. At least it was a strong, impressive showing from Shane McClanahan. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn in saying that he delivered on the expectations that have been put forth on it. Yeah, his debut was great. Uh, he was so close, though, to making it a really shiny one. Um, but because those first two innings, as, as he started, man, he was just a uh, pitching ninja was was getting a lot of content from from Shane yeah. there. Uh, so, no, I think it, it was great. Uh, provided four innings like we expected around 60 pitches, I believe 59. So in line with what was expected two runs, that's that's not bad. Um, the third inning kind of got a little bit hairy though, single, single, double, all that stuff. But Kyle right. Sander was able to go out there and kind of talk to him. And in the end, I think everybody was impressed with what he showed out yesterday. Look, the stuff is absolutely there. Like it, it's funny because you look at the scouting reports and people say, Oh, his fastball straight as an arrow. Well, uh, that wasn't the case yesterday mm-hmm. with the tailing action on that fastball away wow. from righties. And then when you, combine that with at times a 93 mile an hour slider diving into the right. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? And how do you handle that? So that's a really, really good starting point for him. Yeah. A couple yeah. mistakes here and there. I didn't really understand why he would throw a two strike change up, uh, mm-hmm. not his best pitch to Matt Chapman that uh, Chapman deployed over the fence, but look, he's a young kid. He's going to learn from this. I think again, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, uh, he's an exciting, exciting pitcher to watch. And I think uh, Bob Melvin even said post game, it was like, it's like we're facing Tyler Glass now all over again, basically a lefty version of Tyler Glass now. And you could almost argue that Shane McClanahan at his age, maybe as much or more developed than Tyler Glass now was at his age. I think you can definitely make that argument. He's a, he, he's more polished than, than, than Tyler. And that's saying a lot. And when the opposing manager uh, says something like that, like, Hey, he could be an ace. He's, he's going to pitch like that. It's going to be fun for a lot of race fans to see, but you also got to see Luis Patino do his thing yes. and, and, and keep it at, at zero. I mean, uh, he, he kind of slows down the pace a little bit more uh, than, than other pitchers, but again, impressive. Another guy, Kittrich, the guy keeps going with clean innings. It, it, his 2021 line, Kevin is 11 innings. Six hits, two runs, three walks, 
opponent's average is 154. Kittredge has developed. Yep. I mean, we always knew that the stuff was there, but the results weren't. The, result, the results are actually happening in 2021. And I know everybody says, especially, you know, a race fan, trust the process, trust the process. But ultimately, the results need to come because the results get you paid and the results uh, give you a spot on the 26th man. Kittredge is actually seeing the results come in right now. And that's, that's so great to see somebody needs to step up in the bullpen and Kit has definitely done that. Not bad for a guy that was signed to a minor league deal entering the season. And there were questions on if he would or wouldn't have Tommy John surgery. And again, he was on a good track in 2020 and then the season got away from him with that arm injury or whatever it was. So it's, it's, you just hope he's able to keep this up going forward as the Rays await uh, Pete Fairbanks and Nick Anderson and all these other guys. So, okay. Uh, the actual game, the loss, uh, I, I think you have some, some beef and some issues stewing in your head. Well, what's going on here? You are, you're upset about yesterday's game, despite the fact that I do like, if, if we can continue to see McClanahan and Patino working back to back, I would love to see that going forward or some kind of combination of that. But, uh, I guess you have, uh, some kind of beef with Diego Castillo. Is that, is that the issue here? Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't know if beef is the right word, but I just, I, th- I think I'm a little bit concerned because he hasn't been that shutdown guy lately, and you could say that he was overused because the Oakland Athletics actually saw him three times in a four-game series, so you can attribute his negative performances to to that. Not maybe being overused, or maybe he's tired, but also that hey, those are major league hitters out there that if you see a reliever three times in a row, uh, you're going to get a lot of data. You're going to get a lot of looks on them and, and that's going to benefit you as a hitter. Having said that in the last four outings of his three times, he's gotten hit hard three and a third innings, five hits, four runs, two walks with only four strikeouts. So he's not missing a lot of, uh, of barrels. He's getting hit hard and Again, you can have the excuses over usage. They saw him a lot, but I think it it needs to be said because if he's the closer for this team, you can't have four, three out of four outings be bad outings. You, you right. can't have that. And again, I don't know if he was really ever intended to be the closer of this team. It was just, it happened so quick of Nick Anderson goes down and Pete Fairbanks goes down. I don't know if the Rays, look, they were going to use them in spots, certainly high leverage spots, but to be thrown into this position like this, I don't know if it's totally fair to him. And again, you mentioned it, uh, working three days in a row. And again, working a day game after a night game, uh, that's not an easy thing to do. Also, does some of the blame not need to be put forth on Brett Phillips? Maybe not quite playing the ball as he should have. I know Matt Chapman hit that ball pretty hard as he wants to do, but one more step back, he would have made that catch there. And, and look, I'm not trying to call out Brett Phillips because overall he had a really good game. He did a lot of other things in that yeah. game with throwing a guy out at the plate and getting on base and getting to third and getting base hits and, and creating action throughout the entirety of the game. But that play right there, if he makes a catch, maybe Castillo shuts things down from there. Now, it certainly didn't look good uh, when Castillo makes it uh, made his appearance because he, he just totally yanked a a 94 fastball and a 3-0 count to Jed Lowry. Like, that's not a good sign at all. But um, Brett Phillips didn't really help him out there either. Two things on the Brett Phillips play. Yes, you can uh, definitely, you know, I think Brett will be the first one to say, I took a bad route, because he did. 
Uh, he went horizontal first and then started to go uh, drift towards the, 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 um, the, the benches, the, 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 the fence. Uh, but the, the second thing, the throw, I mean, it was to nowhere, nowhere land. Um, no, nobody was there for his throw. So yeah, those are two things in the play that could have, you know, been executed a little bit better by Brett. And I think he'll be the first one to tell you that, but I do have to disagree with the fact that Castillo, you know, is, has been put into this, this place. I think since 2018, Castillo has seen a lot of ninth inning action. Um, you know, even with Emilio Pagan in 2019, he he was trading spots w- with him and Nick Anderson as well. So uh, in 2020, right. so I don't think it's completely like, you know, a foreign thing to him. He, he has been thrown a- into the ninth inning and uh, he's just not responding as well as he has in the past. I, I know and I understand that, but I will also say when you're basically told, okay, you are the first guy to do that. I think that's a different mindset in a different mentality, as opposed to you're, you'll be our second or third guy. You look, you're going to get a lot of ninth opportunity. He's you're basically telling him that you've got to be Nick Anderson. Now that's, there's no that's safety. Net. I see it. Yeah. Yes. You're no, you are the safety net. Yeah. I think that changes the mindset. And yes, also again, uh, Diego Castillo does not swing a bat. The Rays were 0 for 6 with runners in scoring position. They left eight men on. And look, you can also give credit to the athletics as well. I mean, Chris Bassett was delivering. He was dealing yesterday. And there were some some hard-hit balls with runners in scoring position that just found gloves of the athletics. I mean, Wendell to Chapman. Chapman's going to make every play on a hard-hit ball. Uh, Brandon Lau had had a decent line drive to straightaway center that Ramon Laureano comes in on. So there's a couple of situations there. Um, I'll tell you what, it doesn't help that – uh, Willie Adamas goes 0 for 4 with uh, three strikeouts, and KK goes down looking last pitch of the game, which, by the way, yes, it was a strike, but the catcher was set down low. He was looking for a pitch basically down in the dirt, and Trevino throws it up. So, I mean, he shouldn't even get the benefit of the doubt, but yes, technically it was in the zone, and Kiermaier, you do have to protect with two strikes. But um, again, a lot of times you got to score more than two runs to win a ball game here. Yes. And, and that, I, I, I think that's the, the biggest point. Yeah. All, all of that Castillo stuff, I, I stand by it, but the, 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 the bats need to need to hit the, the problem. Isn't the pitching and overall the big picture, you can say, well, you know what? The Oakland athletics were the hottest team in baseball. They came in with a 12 winning streak being broken on Sunday. And then you actually split with them and they're all really close games. So you played a team that was really hot, that's really good, that's going to probably go into the playoffs, and you played them, you know, tit for tat. And, 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 and I think that that's, that's a positive. But, yeah, Brandon Lau and Willie Adamas. I mean, I looked at some of the numbers from Brandon Lau. Uh, you know, Hey, he got a home run yesterday. Let's, uh, you know, if we're going to criticize anybody today, it should be Willie Adamas. I would say. Okay. Fair, fair. Let's talk about Willie Adamas. He's replacement level right now. He's at negative 0.1 war in, in, according to fan graphs, his walk rate has plummeted. I mean, from being a 9%, 9 9% walk rate, he's gone to like 4.5% by half. His BABIP hasn't been his friend. I understand that, but the biggest thing I saw in, 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 in his uh, Fangraphs page is he's listening to the podcast. And specifically, he's listening to, to you, Kevin. He heard that you said that he was a 30 home run guy. Uh-huh. And when you look at his launch angle, you can hear that he really believes in you, Kevin. He's gone from 8 to 10 to 12.5 launch angle last year to now 25. 
25 is his launch angle degree. I mean, he has just decided, nope, all I'm going to do is try to hit, um, you know, 400 foot bombs. And it, it shows he just is not doing well. Let me clarify this. I said he had 30 home run potential. This was before the new dead end ball was put into place. And again, I think that's a little bit hurting him because I think cash mentioned it. And if you look at his spray chart and a lot of, he's had a lot of loud outs, at least a half a dozen loud outs, which you can look up at baseball savant balls at the warning track that go into mitts. Maybe if it was a different ball, last year's ball, maybe those would carry or hit the fence or yeah. be a home run, whatever it may be. So I think he's getting shortchanged by that, but we're also seeing a lot of bad swings. And again, just trying to power everything over. And I got to tell you, um, him struggling right here and uh, Wander Franco being <laughs> promoted mm-hmm. or, or given the shot to be at AAA immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying a little prop bet action. I don't know if we want to put anything <laughs> on the record, but Willie Adamas may be on his way out of Tampa Bay sooner rather than later. I'll put it like that. Gosh, well, you know, I, I, you know, maybe, but I think that would, it would be a terrible time to trade Willie Adamas because we all know that he is not this player. So if you trade him right now, yes. that value is not at its peak and, and that would be a shame. But uh, look, I think ultimately you have to put the best players out there. And if <laughs> Wander Franco starts to, just kill triple a pitching and Willie keeps struggling. Uh, that will have to be a question to be answered. Yes. And are we going to continue to use the trop as an excuse? Is that the thing? Like you can only go so far with yeah. that too. And again, like if you're not hitting at your home ballpark, you have 81 games there. So, so what you're just having a shortstop that will play 81 games on the road. And then you'll just, going to stick with a, 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 a less than replacement level player for half of the season. That makes no sense. Here's a Willie Adamas. I think he's trying to buy his time and wait his time until the Rays get a new stadium. It's like, once I get it, all I, all we need is a new stadium so I can hit at this new home ballpark. <laughs> That's all I need. And the other thing too, is like playoff games. That's important. Playoff games at home. Yes. You've yes. got to be able to produce. And I know he does like the shiny bright lights and that works to his advantage, but still just, something uh, some food for fodder there okay uh we have baseball trivia name that war and much more on the show but first uh have you all heard about sports trade it's where fantasy sports meets the stock market it's amazing sports trade takes fantasy to the next level it's like robin hood for fantasy sports their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks finally a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. And they just added baseball to the platform. So check that out today. Uh, Again, all you have to do is go to sportstrade.com, watch the How It Works video, and then sign up to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. You will be amazed, I guarantee. So don't sit on the sidelines any, uh, any longer. Get in on the game at sportstrade.com. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. 
using only uh, diamonds that have been responsibly sourced, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece, they're the perfect way to bring light into her life. And they're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight and fairly priced. So you can give her something special and truly meaningful. Uh, They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Okay, Ulysses, baseball trivia time. And I know you're not a big fan of football, the NFL, or the NFL draft, but I figured I would give a somewhat draft-themed question for you as the NFL draft runs. uh, First round was last night, rounds two and three today and tomorrow. And this question pertains to raised draft picks. And what I have uh, in front of me is the list of the five lowest drafted raised players on the current active roster, which means the later you were taken in the draft, that's what I'm looking for. So late round draft picks. So I want you out of the active roster to try to figure out who the five lowest drafted raised players are. Uh, and I will say, undrafted okay. players do not count. So I'm going <laughs> to my question out here. <laughs> Mike Brasso does not count. Okay. Trevor Richards does not count. Andrew Kittredge, though he was drafted out of high school, did not sign, went to college, went undrafted. He does not count either. As of right now, as of today, the Rays, for whatever reason, I think have just 25 players on their active roster. I gave you a couple throw-ins there so try to figure out tell me who the five lowest drafted race players are this is a good question this is a really good question my man my man um okay and we're looking at the active roster so let's see i'm gonna go by the way are you looking at the active roster right now are you cheating should i not be yeah you should be able to just Okay, okay. I feel like that's hands not up. totally fair. Okay, okay. Hands up, hands up. Um, let's go Thumbs with... Down, folks. <laughs> uh, let's go with uh, Ryan Thompson. Ryan Thompson is one of the five. Uh, he was drafted in the 23rd round, originally by the Houston Astros in the 2014 draft out of Campbell University. So very good. That is one of them. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Let's go with Brett Phillips. Brett Phillips. I'm not going to give it to you because there was another guy that was drafted in this same round who was picked later. I will say Brett Phillips is number six on this list. But So that is strike one for you. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Um... Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So you want, man, uh, let's see. Let's see. No, I don't think so, but let's try it. You know, blue collar, Joey Wendell. Joey Wendell is on this list. He was picked in the sixth round, but later 
than Brett Phillips. 2012 draft out of Westchester University, a Division II school, pick number 203, originally by the Cleveland Indians. Very good. Man, this is tough. This is tough. Oh, my gosh. Dumb. Kevin Kiermeyer. I was wondering <laughs> when you were going to get around to KK. I'm surprised. Look, he. I thought he was about to call in and uh, really... <laughs> hey. Remember me? Doorsteps. Yeah, exactly. We, we all remember you, KK. We will never forget. 31st round in the 2010 draft out of Parkland right. College, Parkland Junior College. So okay. that is, okay. uh, you got three. I need two more. You have one strike on you. Okay, two more, two more. So maybe pitchers or do I still have some position players available? I don't think this one's right, but he did have a broken tibia or fibula, whatever which one it was. I'm not really good with anatomy. Brandon Lau? Good thinking. You are correct about the injury, but he was taken in the third round, so a little bit too high. So strike okay. two. Okay. Maybe I thought with the injury he would have dropped down, but I yeah. guess people saw that. And again, you can sort of naturally narrow this down because there are a lot of foreign international players that weren't drafted, that were signed as free agents or acquired in trade. So you can eliminate... Those guys. I mean, you can eliminate the Diego Castillos and the right. Yeah, I'm not touching ideas. international so, players. Yeah. Um, so I'll just give you a hint. These are two white guys on the roster. So here you go. <laughs> okay, let's go with Hunter Strickland. Very good. 18th round by the Boston Red Sox in the 2007 draft out of Georgia's Pike County High School. One more. You're Kevin Kiermeyer here, down to your final strike, and we really Oof. need a hit for you to get on base. Okay, okay, here we go. Uh, here we go. Josh Fleming. Very close. Josh Fleming was selected in the fifth round. Oh. Uh, this guy was taken in the 30th round. He is a reliever on the Rays. Do you want to try to give another yes. at it? Okay. I'm going to go with another lefty, Jeffrey Springs. There it is. There it is. Jeffrey Springs, 30th round by the Texas Rangers in 2015 out of Appalachian State. Pick number 888. Wow. So it That's... just goes to show you, uh, you don't have to be a first-round pick to make it to the major leagues. No, that, you just have to believe in yourself. You have to have work ethic and dedication. That's awesome. Yes. That's really cool. That that actually just made me like Jeffrey Springs even more, and I think every, every race fan should, uh, should like that about this guy. But, um, yeah, man. Um, no, you know, I never picked up my phone, but this time I was like, oh, I, l l let me see who's in the active or 40 man. And then, you know, you caught me getting into MLB.com. So thank you for, uh, for still did very good. There. Still yeah. did very good. Despite all that. Okay. Name <laughs> that war now. Uh, this guy okay. also a little football connection. He did, I think briefly pay, uh, play college football at the university of Texas as a quarterback. They wanted him to move to tight end. He didn't want to do that. So that is where he's like, nah, I'm just going to play baseball from now on. This guy, uh, one of the better nicknames in all of baseball, the, the big donkey, I believe, uh, Adam Dunn, Adam Dunn. What is his career war? Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I really like that. Um, that nickname big donkey that's a great one uh adam dunn you know what this is an underrated guy uh for not not his war but his power i mean this guy right. was just 40 home runs like every season for like what 10 years or something it was, it was insane um 
okay. But he had no defense, like literally no defense, very low batting average. So, I mean, this guy's going to be like a surprise, like Dante Bichette, isn't he? Eight war. Uh, your, your thinking is right about the defense and so forth, but let's remember the, the value of how many home runs he hit, how many runs he drove in. Yes. He struck out just about more than anybody in his career, but he also could get on base as well. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. Okay. So again, we're talking to 12 your career. So not eight war. Let's talk about 18 war for a 12 year career. Oh my gosh. I'm going to give it to 17.9 war. Let's go. Adam Dunn, 462 career home runs, 237 career batting average, but a 364 career on base percentage, uh, career OPS of 854, OPS plus of 124. Can you repeat the home runs he had? 400, how many? 462. He was actually the 50th player in MLB history to hit 400 career homers at the time. And you're right. Basically, every year for like 10 straight years, he was going to get you 40 home runs. That's insane. That's an underrated guy. Yeah, okay, the defense was crap, but... 462 big donkeys that's yeah that's that's a lot of donkeys yeah look he gives you look you we know about the the, the strikeouts in fact he he holds the american league record for most strikeouts in a season at 222 and he's what? i believe well at the time of his retirement he was ranked third on the all-time strikeout list but oh again, my goodness now in this era, it wouldn't matter like it's like hey strikeouts nobody cares but back then it was a little bit different but well the on-base percentage in the slug made up for it in a sense. Yeah. And on, honestly, I, if I'm going to be watching Willie whiff, like he's whiffing and giving me zero bombs, I would yeah. rather watch 222 strikeouts and then putting up 45 bombs. I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah. Uh, something t- tells me that Willie Adamas will not hit 462 home runs in his career, <laughs> nor have a 40 plus Homer season. Yeah. It's so right. funny. Uh, Adam Dunn, also a two-time all-star and in the Cincinnati Reds hall of fame, he got kind of knocked in his career for, Oh, you know, he doesn't really run at his position. He's kind of a low energy guy. Oh, he's, he's six foot six and 280 pounds. What do you want from the yeah. dude? Okay. Like he's not, yeah. he's not Tony Kemp over here running around. Like <laughs> exactly. He's not miles straw or somebody like that. So yeah, he's yeah. kind of lumbering out there. He's, He's there to get on base and hit bombs. That, that's there what his know. role is. And he did that pretty darn well in his career. So very good <laughs> with that one. Okay. We have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is, of course, the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. You can check them out and order some for yourself. So many different flavors to check out at BuiltBar.com and on Twitter at Built underscore Bar. And remember to use that promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, the numerals 1-5, to get 15% off your next order. Again, that is LOCKED15, LOCKED15, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Okay, Ulysses, they are back. Your favorite team, the Houston Astros at 13 and 12. They are coming to town, coming to the trop 
for a three-game set for the first time since the 2019 AL Division Series. And you are actually going to be going to the game on Saturday. Have you figured out how you're going to taunt and embarrass said Astros players? Are you sneaking in trash cans? Are you going to buy a trash can at the gift shop? How are you? What's your protocol? What's your modus operandi here? I think I need to go to Party City and get myself an inflatable one. Um, and then, and then just kind of like bring it in my pocket, you know, and then, you know, run out of lungs trying to put that thing up, uh, in, 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 during the, the, the warmup and all that stuff. And before the national anthem, but yeah, that's the plan right now. Definitely the taunting, the heckling, I'll keep it PG 13 for folks yeah. around me, but, uh, yeah, definitely a lot. I, I won't, I'm really happy that we don't have to do a podcast either after the game or the next day. Cause I, I'm going right. to need my voice to recuperate. So if on locker room, uh, when we're talking about, uh, the, the third game at the top of the third yes. inning on Sunday, um, you know, you might hear a little raspy voice and, uh, you'll know why. Uh, what about a buzzer? Are you going to bring in a buzzer <laughs> of some sort, especially when Jose Altuve comes, you know, through? Are you going to make any Remember? short jokes? Like what's going on? Come on. We, I, I feel like, Hey, they cheated for an entire year, at least once. Like this is your time to get back at them. You know what? I really wish there was that target. Uh, was it target or staples? I think it was staples. Staples. The, the yes. button. Yeah. You know, if you have that, you know, maximized in a poster and just like hit yes. it, that'd be great. Um, but no, yeah, a lot of taunting, you know, if you cheated, you, you, you get to get, uh, you know, you, you have the, we all have the right to boo you. Uh, we all have the right to, to say how we feel. And, you know, that's, that, that's something that they know that it's coming. It, it's that whole tour. We actually have fans in the stands and we actually get to, you know, voice our displeasure at professional athletes who thought it was okay to cheat. How many times do you think a raised pitcher will hit an Astros player in this series? Will it happen every game? Will it happen just one game on purpose? I, I, Zero. Something, nothing. Zero. Okay. The Rays aren't Zero. playing if that the, game. It, yeah. If the Rays don't get back against the Yankees, who are just basically drilling them every series, every game, and the Rays pitchers are just not having any, any uh, revenge or any, you know, uh, you know, take backsies, um, I don't think they're going to. Yeah. There is. Remember when A Rod came back and his and his in uh, his tour after the whole biogenesis thing, and he goes to Fenway Park, and Ryan Dempster like takes like three balls inside, <laughs> brushing him, and then he yes. finally hits him in the fourth pitch. Yeah, like everybody knew that was coming. We are not going to see a Dempster A Rod thing by the race. The Rays are just going to play their game. They're going to try to win, and I think that's ultimately the the way that they should play. But I think, you know, the, the Neanderthal in me would like to see a little bit of um, right. a little scuffle, a little, a little, a little thing. That's a good point there. Uh, yeah. So the Astros, they're kind of at an interesting period right now because they've struggled early on. I mean, they lost series to the Detroit Tigers, got swept by the Colorado Rockies not so long ago, but they do seem to be coming around to some extent. Uh, over the weekend, they'll have Lance McCullers, Tampa native, Jose Urquidy, Christian Javier. Uh, if you look at their pitching staff in the American League, they are middle of the pack in team ERA. Same thing with strikeouts, uh, but they're third in team whip and fourth in opponent batting average. Uh, it just seems like I mean, we, we saw it last year with 
the the postseason where it's like, where are they coming up with all these arms? Like, where yeah. where did this Christian Javier kid come from? Where did Luis Garcia come from? And then Zach Granke is having a great year so far this year. I mean, Mr. Fountain of Youth, I guess, at what, 37, 38 years old, whatever yeah. it may be. Um, but I guess we'll miss him for this series. And then offensively for the Astros, they are fourth in the American League in team OPS, third in doubles, and they also have the lowest amount of strikeouts among all American league teams. So they are basically going to be, I mean, what they've shown so far is just smacking the ball around and not striking out. They're not hitting a ton of homers, but I mean, the, this, the usual suspects, Correa, Guriel, Brantley, Bregman, Altuva, they're, they're all playing well so far. And, and we know that they're, they're a tough out every single, it's, it's going to be a grind to get each one of those guys out uh they they work yes. very well those at bats and like you said the usual suspects you know that top of the of the order the one through four one through five it's it's dangerous and they're really good at just squeezing every pitch out from 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 the starter or reliever whatever it may be but that's why Yarbrough has to be the Yarbrough that he uh yes. has shown to be the last two outings uh, he has been a little bit uh, faring a little bit better uh, after an opener on uh, the last two outings uh, in 10 and two third innings, he's only allowed one run. So he's looked really good, but that's behind an opener today. He won't have an opener. He'll be the starter. So hopefully that those results can translate um, to tonight. Uh, and he faced him. Uh, he's faced him multiple times. So yeah. uh, we, we, we hope that, you know, good things can happen with Yarbrough tonight on the mound. I wonder conspiracy theory. They say they're not going to have an opener, but maybe they do a late switch, a little switcheroo, <laughs> little gamesmanship and insert Ooh, an like opener it. of some extent. Just saying, just throwing it out there. Yeah. And I'm sure they would have let Yarbrough know ahead of time, but do you necessarily have to tell the media or tell whoever no. who's, who's going to be starting? I'm just saying. No, you don't need to tell MLB.com, hey, by the way, this is going to be our opener. Like, nah, you, yeah. don't, you don't need to do that. So, yeah, I, I do like that. I don't think they will. But if we play this game, you can't do Kittredge, can't do Patino. Honeywell is down. Right. And, and, and with Yarbrough as a lefty, I wouldn't necessarily open up with Springs there. So I think, I think they could call tough- up somebody, though, because – Last I checked, oh. they had 25 minutes. Maybe they call up Lewis Head or something like that. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there. Um, yeah. I don't know if they've even figured out who's going to start Saturday or Sunday. Last I checked, it was TBD. So Yeah, TBD, last time checked. Yeah, so um, we don't really know. It's, it's the Rays way, Kevin. It's yeah. the Rays way. It could be uh, Joe Ryan, Shane Boz, for all we know, the way this <laughs> yeah. season is going. So uh, stay sure, tuned we'll see for some that. Fleming. Yeah. I'm sure we'll see a little fun action there. Okay, uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked on Rays podcast. Uh, Now, tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of the Locked on Today podcast. Great listen, as always. Um, Hope you all have a wonderful day. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next week.